to The Callcast and to what we believe is the nethermost podcast in the world. We are thrilled to have you as a listener and we'll throughout eight episodes give you an insight into the exciting research that goes on at the University Centre in Svalbard, or UNIS as we like to call it. You'll meet professors and students who are passionate about their cold climate research and learn more about the Arctic, both as a field of study but also as a place people call home. My name is Maria Filipparossi and I am your host today. For this very first episode of The Callcast, we have the pleasure of being joined by Frank Nielsen. Frank is a professor in oceanography and has worked at UNIS since... 2001. 2001, yes. You have had multiple roles here, uh, including being in charge of the very popular Arctic geophysics course, Air, Sea and Ice Interaction. And uh, maybe that's where we should uh, start today, uh, because uh, air-sea-ice interaction is a fascinating thing. It reminds us that the universe is uh, hitched together and that changes in one element will affect the others. True. And thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm privileged to be part of this podcast. And um, yes, you're true. Uh, Air-ice-sea interaction, that's what Svalbard is all about, because here we meet the ocean and the atmosphere colliding together and sometimes we have ice in between, sometimes we don't. And I think that's what we're going to discuss in this podcast. Because in 2001, when uh, when you first moved to Longyearbyen, uh, you experienced frozen fjords, long, cold winters. Uh, this was over 20 years ago and 20 years is... It's really a short time in a climate context where you need a long time series to sort of distinguish the natural variations from trends over a longer period of time. But 20 years as a researcher in Svalbard, you have uh, it's been enough time to both see and feel the, the climate change. Yes. So uh, <clears throat> moving up here or my first view over Svalbard was when I flew in in 1997. And that made me fascinated about uh, doing research up here, seeing the ice-covered fjords and the sea ice floating around Svalbard may be really interested in doing science here. So that was one of the reasons I moved up to Svalbard when uh, the opportunity uh, gave me a position here. And then uh, <coughs> this has then been uh, my topic for uh, 20 years. But during these 20 years, okay, we are using instrument complicated instrument to kind of detect the changes that uh, is happening in the ocean and the atmosphere. But over these 20 years, it was possible to see with your own eyes that things are changing, like sea ice disappear, glaciers are retreating, uh, temperature are being warmer in the atmosphere and the ocean. So uh, you don't need complicated instrument to see the changes that has happened in, in Svalbard, which makes this... Uh, study, research and also the education feel more important. And uh, and then something happened. A few weeks of uh, a normal weather system surrounds Svalbard in the early winter of 2006 caused a new state of persistent warmer fjords. Uh, what, what happened? We had started several uh, monitoring uh, programs like taking measurements in the ocean and the atmosphere simultaneously and it takes many years to to understand the processes that we we see uh, but this this particular year the processes was extreme so just in a couple of uh, days all the sea ice melted uh, without us knowing 
the answer to this and, and didn't at that moment understand the process of how this happened. Uh, but then luckily we had started this monitoring program. So we went into the time series and looked at all the data we had. And then one year later we had an answer. And what was that? It was a combination of changing uh, weather patterns, which is driving ocean currents. And the ocean currents around Svalbard is uh, warm. And there was a change in current who directed all this warm water towards the coast of Svalbard and into the fjords. And the fjord is usually, was usually covered by sea ice. But at this moment, at this, in this winter, uh, unusual pattern in the atmosphere created unusual currents in the ocean, which melted all the ice. The ocean is the joker when it comes to global warming. Can you explain a bit more about that? The ocean is uh, able to uh, absorb 90% of all the excess heat that has come to the earth due to global warming. And uh, this uh, heat is then uh, transported northwards. And um, this is done through different processes. So there is a pulling process where the warm water is pulled up to the arctic and there is a pushing process that uh, that the wind is uh, pushing the water northwards but all of this is part of redistribution so if you heat up one place you have to uh, distribute that to the cold place to to gain balance and this is what's happening both in the atmosphere and in the ocean but in the climate system, I usually say that the ocean is the joker because 90%, as I said, is absorbed in the ocean. So all this excess heat is now floating around in the global circulation and on its way to the Arctic. So, uh, so uh, it's, we can say that it's, it's not only a global warming, but we have an ocean warming problem. So this heat is on its way to the Arctic and the Antarctic and uh, its effect is what we are seeing now. It's released into the atmosphere up uh, underneath the ice and in the polar region. So it takes very long time to uh, heat up the ocean, but when it's done, it has a potential to distribute this into uh, the polar regions, which then... Uh, influence the, the local climate because the heat capacity of the ocean is so enormous so uh, the, the two three f- upper meter of the ocean contains the whole heat content of the atmosphere so when you have these warm currents uh, appearing in the arctic you have so much heat and energy that you are able to melt all the ice if it reaches the surface and also heat the atmosphere. You, you mentioned current, uh, I guess most uh, most Norwegians, we heard about the Gulf Stream, uh, which to make sure that we have uh, nice uh, warm summers. Yeah. Uh, is it the same? It's the same. So we have this uh, <coughs> Gulf current coming from, uh, from the equator, and then it continues to flow northwards. Some of it is recirculating, meaning going back south, but... Uh, uh, a lot of uh, warm water is transported all the way to uh, Svalbard. 
And uh, along the Norwegian coast, uh, it's called the Norwegian Atlantic Current. Uh, and up here, it's called the Vespitsbergen Current. But it's the same system. It's the Gulf Current system transporting this excess heat up north. So, so uh, it's because we have this temperature gradient, a difference in temperature between the south and north. So you need to, to transport this heat northwards to, to compensate for this difference. So the Earth wants to be in balance, and that's why this current is alive. That's the reason we also have a much warmer climate in Svalbard and in Norway, because we have this Gulf current system. So in Svalbard, for instance, uh, if you compare Svalbard with uh, Greenland, on the same latitude, we have approximately 10 to 15 degrees wa- warmer on average because of this current. Uh, if you take this current away, we're going to get as cold as, as Greenland. So this, this is the normal system. So Norway, Svalbard has always been warmer than uh, uh, countries on the same latitude, which doesn't have this current. But uh, what's happening now is that this current is getting warmer. And uh, because you're feeding more heat into the south, you also transport that to the north. And that's the uh, reason for all the changes we see here now. So this current has become warmer. And it transports an enormous amount of heat northwards. And this is released in the Arctic region. But um, then back to the winter of uh, 2006, uh, what happened there was a turning point for the ocean and uh, led to this dramatic change? Yeah. So so um, when you heat up the Earth system, uh, you kind of uh, make things more chaotic, both in the ocean and the atmosphere. So you can think of a, a, a boiling uh, pot of water when it starts to boil, everything becomes chaotic. And that's the same when, when you heat the Earth system. Uh, you also change uh, the weather patterns because there's so much energy. So low-pressure systems want to go new ways because they have so much energy. That, that's an example. Uh, so we experienced that uh, around Svalbard as well. And in this particular year, we noticed that the low pressure system that usually goes into the Barents Sea now started to go into Fram Strait. And if you look at the map, uh, Spitsbergen and Svalbard is in the middle. So to the right of Svalbard, you have the Barents Sea, and to the left, you have the Greenland Sea and Fram Strait. So instead of going the usual pathways into the Barents Sea, it went straight into the Fram Strait and towards the Arctic. And with this low-pressure system going towards the Arctic in the Fram Strait, you have suddenly winds uh, along the west coast of Spitsbergen. And these winds do three things. It's like a kinder egg effect. Because you have suddenly winds which brings warm air from the south to the north. And in this particular year, you had transport of warm air from Spain to Spitsbergen. And then... You, of course, push sea ice further north, so you you push the sea ice away. But the long-lasting effect was the third effect, because this suddenly wind started to push warm water onto the shelf towards the coast of Svalbard. 
So you kind of change the ocean current and these current transport the warm water. So all the warm water in this Gulf current system became closer to the coast of Svalbard. So you you kind of flooded the shelf areas, the coastal areas of Svalbard with warm water. And as I said, the the temperature of the Gulf current system had also increased. So with more heat in the current and then pushing it towards Svalbard, there was a lot of heat in front of the, the fjord that year. And then, okay, we... Uh, couldn't actually register register that when we were uh, sitting in in Longyearbyen. Uh, we saw that ice was forming, uh, but suddenly uh, these low pressure systems started to go in the normal uh, directions into the Barents Sea, and then we got the northerly easterly wind back, and we got cold temperature down to minus twenty. So we first saw that ice was growing again, but then suddenly it disappeared. Uh, it melted, but it was minus 20 degrees in the air. And uh, sea ice melt and freeze when it's minus 1.8 degrees. So you should have expected that the sea ice was uh, growing, but it melted and disappeared. And why was that? You wonder. <laughs> I do wonder. <laughs> uh, that was because the wind again opened up the fjords for this warm water. That's the easiest way to explain it. So first the southerly wind, which was the unnormal wind situation, piled a lot of warm water up onto the shelf along the coast of Spitsbergen, the west coast. And then we turned to normal situation with easterly, northerly winds. And then we thought we, we were over and now we had a cold, good climate, normal climate again. No, this actually opened up the fjords uh, and l- let the warm water in. So you kind of open up the doors to the fjords. And all the warm water was circulating the fjord underneath the ice. So the ice melted from below. And disintegrated, even though it was minus 20 degrees outside. Mm. So Longyearbyen lies on the shore of Alventjord, which again leads out into Isfjorden, which is the second longest fjord system in Svalbard. It's more than 100 kilometers long and 20 kilometers wide. But if you if you stay in town, you're sure to to hear some tales about people who've driven their snowmobiles uh, out on the fjord system and just taken it for a spin, maybe even to Nyolesund. Um, in the good old days, um, have you ever experienced East Fjorden frozen? Yes, yes. So I was here in 98 when the fjord was frozen. So we tested that. And then uh, after I moved here, we had one really good year of sea ice in uh, 2004. 2004. Then I, was, uh, then I had, had my own dog sledge and a team of dogs. So I could start from the dog yard uh, in Advent Valley and then uh, drive my dogs or the dog sledge to Tempelfjorden, directly on the ice and into Eastfjorden. So that was the last year with really good sea ice in, in the whole Eastfjorden system. So after 2006, there hasn't been a proper ice cover of, of Eastfjorden because 
uh, this change in uh, atmospheric circulation that has uh, been ongoing since this year. So everything is uh, going a little bit slower in the the ocean. So this two weeks of uh, uh, atmospheric forcing and influence from the atmosphere changed the ocean circulation and filled the fjord with warm water. But since everything takes longer time in the ocean, it, it takes one to two years to get rid of this heat, excess heat. But uh, since these strange or new uh, patterns of the low pressure system uh, kept uh, appearing, kept repeating itself for the, for the coming years, it has been a new supply of warm water each, each winter nearly. So we haven't been able to revert to the normal fjord, Arctic fjord state. So we can say that the East Fjord system and all the fjords along the west coast of Spitsbergen have been filled with Atlantic water, where it's usually Arctic water. Cold water has now been replaced by warm and salty water from the Atlantic so we call this process uh, an Atlantification of the Arctic fjord systems. Actually, the two last years, the fjord has been come um, more like an Arctic fjord again with colder, fresher water. The atmosphere is not cold enough to uh, cool it down to the freezing point temperature. And um, this is uh, also because like the Barents Sea, even though we have the normal wind directions, the Barents Sea is uh, free of ice, for example. And when you have, in the old days, when the wind was blowing over this area, it was not, it was cooled. It was not uh, heated at least, but now we have this wind blowing over o- open ocean and the ocean is warmer than the atmosphere, so it's heated on its way to uh, Svalbard. So it's sort of a, I was going to say snowball, but that may be a wrong uh, wrong example, but it's a snowball effect. It just gets worse and worse because it gets warmer and less ice and warmer and less ice. True. That, that's what we can call a positive feedback effect. So everything is amplified. You change one bit and then that's amplifying the other and then at the end it's a positive feedback process. Just uh, back to the the fjord being uh, Arctic again. How do you actually measure an an Arctic or an Atlantic fjord? What do you measure? We go out and do measurements uh, several times during the year. And then we invite the students to join because at UNIS we have uh, a field-based education, research-based education. So we invite all our students to, to join our research projects and use this opportunity to uh, to educate uh, the students at UNIS to do field work and uh, actually to understand this process by doing their measurement uh, themselves. So we have uh, a data set going back uh, 30 years where we have monitored uh, Isfjorden and other fjords along Svalbard, but also ar- measurements around Svalbard. So we have a pretty good... Uh, uh, data set where we can look at uh, year-to-year changes but also the long-term trend. So 30 years is actually enough to, to see these changes. And uh, uh, every autumn we can kind of see what uh, state the fjord is uh, in and how uh, 
the development will be uh, the coming winter. So we have at least a starting point. And the two last year we have seen the starting point is really good for growing sea ice because the fjord has uh, been losing most of its heat and also the salinity in the fjord has been reduced. And salinity and temperature control the density of the fjord. And the density difference between the fjord and the shelf is important to describe where the warm water can flow in. Can it flow in in the surface or in at the bottom? That's determined by the difference between density of the fjord and the shelf. So when you get the salinity down and the temperature down, then we are approaching a state of an Arctic fjord. And this has been going on the last two years. Uh, But the temperature in the atmosphere uh, has not been uh, as cold as usual. So therefore we were not able to grow any ice um, the last couple of years. But uh, look out the window now. I I don't want to actually. (laughs) (laughs) Now we actually have another episode of what happened in uh, 2005-2006. So the exact same, same thing is happening. So we have had low pressure system now for many days and weeks actually going through Framstrait. And we have transported uh, warm air from Spain to Spitsbergen again. So we have four degrees outside and rain. Mm -hmm. But down in mainland Norway they have minus degrees and somewhere they have really cold, calm weather. So all the low pressures that should have hit Bergen, my hometown, is now hitting Spitsbergen, (laughs) (laughs) which is... uh, which is the odd situation, but it's exactly the same situation we had in 2005, 2006. And look at the weather forecast. Next week, it's going to be minus 16 degrees. And then the wind is turning from the north again. So now for several weeks, we have had uh, uh, warm water piling up along the coast of Westbitsbergen. And next week, it will come into the fjord. So that's what we learned from our observations and measurements uh, uh, over 10 years ago. Mm. The same thing is happening now. But will it then more or less sure to not have any, it's to not have a good sea ice year the next winter? The conditions are worsened. So the initial condition or the starting situation for the fjord is uh, has reduced the possibility for sea ice with this weather we have right now. So this is changing the current, the way we have described it. So these data set that we collect with the students has has learned us to understand how this weather type will influence the ocean and the ocean currents. And and this is this is year to year variability. So then we are talking about weather and um, the response of the ocean. But as we have discussed now, this situation has reoccurred uh, over many years uh, and has become the dominant uh, pattern. And then we are talking climate, because when this happened uh, many times enough over a long time, then you have a change of climate. So that's the difference between weather and climate. So uh, since uh, this is reoccurring so often, it directs warm water towards the fjord and this uh, water is flowing into the fjord. There is no sea ice uh, um, production in 
winter and it increased the temperature regionally. So now we are talking about the regional climate change. So it's bad news, really, for everyone who wants uh, to go skiing in Svalbard. It is bad news, uh, but there is still hope for snow, we hope. But uh, sea ice in uh, Isfjorden is uh, not looking very good. But luckily, we have uh, smaller side fjords to Isfjorden. When I say Isfjorden, I'm thinking about the whole fjord system. But uh, like Tempelfjorden and Billefjorden and these smaller fjord arms are more protected for this warm water. So you can have uh, years where Isfjorden uh, in the middle is ice-free, but there is okay ice in Tempelfjorden and Billefjorden. But there is not uh, thick um, ice anymore, and sometimes the ice is uh, uncertain to drive on, to, to be on, because it's thinner, and you can have these pulses of warm water coming into the fjord and going under the ice as well. So it's, it's a safety issue. The ice is thinner, and it's more unpredictable. It can suddenly start to melt from below as well. Every spring you have uh, 20 students who, uh, who learn about these ASCIS interactions. Uh, how do they feel about being part of ongoing uh, research projects? They, I think they enjoy it because that uh, makes the course even more meaningful for them. So they first they come up here uh, being enthusiastic about learning about the climate uh, system. And they will also learn to. Uh, they will also like to learn about uh, the processes that are important for climate change, to understand the changes we see today. But when they hear that they are part of a bigger plan uh, of collecting data, which is important to understand the long-term changes that we see, then they become even more enthusiastic, because each year they are part of a big uh, puzzle. Uh, they are important bricks in this uh, puzzle, which gives us the key to understand the, the changes we see. And uh, they uh, quickly realize that, and they are engaged in um, producing uh, their own projects related to this. So uh, we are very privileged to be able to do this kind of uh, education and and research together with, with the students because we get so much energy back. And they are enthusiastic and uh, feel that they do something important as well. Are there, um, are there any, uh, any pros at all to the water, warmer water around Svalbard, warmer climate? If you are a species living in the warm water, then you would like to be transported into areas with new opportunities and one of these species are cod and the cod is following this warm water so for us living in Longyearbyen and around Svalbard the only uh, positive thing is that we can fish cod during summer and eastern but we have lost sea ice and we are about to lose the arctic species if this continues and uh, some of our, my colleagues has also told me that there is a change in the bird communities already. So the birds that are depending on uh, Arctic species is moving north. And uh, the birds that can uh, 
feed on Atlantic species are the winners together with the Atlantic uh, species in the ocean. So it's, I won't say it's positive, uh, but yes, we can fish some cods, but uh, I would like to see the Arctic uh, uh, climate and the Arctic species surviving uh, in the coming years. You would like to go dog sledding on uh, East Fjorn again? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, for the chat, Frank, and uh, for a uh, thorough introduction to uh, to the currents and uh, the water system uh, around Svalbard, um, and uh, and not to mention the ocean's significant role uh, in the global warming. Thank you. The Coldcast is made by technician Siemens Alumunsen Yella and uh, myself, Maria Filipparosi. Thank you very much for listening.